the second episode of echoing nerds i name is tim one of your hosts and joining me as always is dane dane how are you doing for our second episode doing great uh let's see what what can i say uh the the mets are undefeated in july so far (laughs) (laughs) after after an awful june so that's that's uh that's something to be positive about. Tim. There you go. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you want to go into the all-star break playing good. So if they could just finish out these next two games, what what is the winning streak? Would you say it was like six uh, in a row? Six. Okay. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, hopefully, hopefully they can string some wins together. Hopefully they can, they can keep on hitting. Hopefully their pitching is so good because I mean, it's the, it's the same old story, you know. They're pitching really good. They're not hitting, and then oh, there goes one run, and they end up losing three to one, you know. Mm. <laughs> or they're hitting really well, and it's a eleven to ten loss you know? <laughs> <laughs> because the pitching is gone, which is really weird because you have two Hall of Famers essentially. Yeah, at your co-aces, right? But at the end of their career <laughs> now. At the end of their career, but I mean, still, like it's two Hall of Famers. I mean, Max Scherzer can still throw a 96 mile per hour fastball, and I mean, I I know what they're doing. They're relying heavily on breaking balls because you know they're almost 40, yeah. <laughs> right? Uh, and I don't know if it's the location, how they're throwing it, their mechanics or whatever, but they're just getting hit and they're they're not they're not okay. I'm gonna go back to my fastball. I'm just gonna try and get my slider to, to hit the outside of the plate. I'm gonna try to fool this guy with a changeup, and it's just not working. <laughs> so yeah, uh, hopefully the 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 Mets can shink together. Uh, a healthy amount of games to get yeah, back to at least the wild third card, place. right? Yeah, <laughs> they do get in the wild third card. Place right? in the standings, uh, maybe like a game or two out of the wild card. Uh, yeah, I mean, you, you spend three hundred something million on this team, you expect a little bit better than fourth <laughs> place. <laughs> Uh, I don't know about a little bit better, <laughs> or like a heck of a lot better. Well, it doesn't help the Braves just gone on a winning streak. That's I mean, like nobody's touching them right now. Yeah. They're probably going to be in the World Series if uh, something weird doesn't happen. So, yeah, uh, there's still hope that they won't be the most uh, the 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 what is it, Tim? 
the worst team that money can buy. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they they got to make the playoffs. If they don't make the playoffs, that's going to go down as one of the obviously not the worst team ever record wise, but just as one of the most yeah. disappointing teams ever. Well, I mean, it's it's already said no team has cost this much in the history mm-hmm. of baseball, right? So yep. you got to win. You, you yeah. just got to win. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, anyway, the Yankees are yeah. they're just like such a metacore team. They're not awful. They're not great. They put together a few winning streaks and they lose some and then they can't make up any ground against Tampa. They're kind of like the Braves. They just ran away with the division, even though Tampa's kind of I think they lost like five in a row or something like that recently. And Yankees haven't pretty much gained any ground. <laughs> but so they just need judge back. It's it's sad to say that the lineup is nothing without them. <laughs> they're just really struggling offensively. <laughs> So how dare you, might... you how dare you say that, Tim, when you have uh, uh Kiner Falefa on your team? How dare <laughs> he's, you been, say that? he's been one of the actually more consistent hitters, <laughs> honestly. He's yeah. been pretty, playing good as a role player too, but mm. uh, but yeah, it's been frustrating. Though so. Yeah, but I, I I see the Yankees and they're what six games above five hundred. I know they're like nine. They're the like end. close to ten, so yeah, they're not like I said, not yeah. horrible. It's better than being the events are six games under. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I know it doesn't show in the in, in the AL East, but yeah, they have a wild card spot at least right now, so that's something. Yeah, and it means that. Yeah. You you you're not. I can't remember what it was the last time I checked. I think it was like eight games out of the wild card spot. So yeah, that's that's prop. That's a problem. Yeah. Eighteen <laughs> games out of nineteen games out of. Uh, out the of the top of the NLEs, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, that, that's not where you want to be. Yeah. Actually, I went to a baseball game last Sunday. The Angels and the Diamondbacks were playing. And oh. I could still feel the effects of the game because I got a massive sunburn <laughs> from going to that game. <laughs> it's like, it shows how, how little I get out like during the summer because... Yeah. Um, uh, Kyle came down from Arizona. He wanted to see the Diamondbacks play and say, see Shohei Otani play too. So I was like, okay, he asked me if I wanted to meet him up. But yeah, sure. And I just was got great seats. Like the tickets were cheap too. It was like floor level, like first base side. And, but it was like right smack directly under the sun. And I didn't even think about putting sunscreen on or anything like that. I don't wear hats. I'm not a hat guy. <laughs> so it's like when I got home that day, it was like, First person I saw, I was like, man, you got a massive sunburn. I'm like, really? Because I didn't feel it at all. I looked at the mirror. I was like, oh, boy. <laughs> the only place where it was normal was my eyes because I was wearing sunglasses. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah no, Arms, he... face, my kneecaps <laughs> were really burnt. That's what hurt me the most, like the kneecaps. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You're going to take off your shirt and you're going to have that farmer's tan on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was a fun good. game, though. But because, man, Shohei hit an absolute bomb at that game. It was like they were already oh, yeah. winning four to two in the eighth inning. Oh. He just had a massive shot. Like I've never seen a home run hit that hard in person at an ba- actual baseball game. It was like went to the bleachers, went into the walkway where the fans make their way into the bleachers. It was just a shot. So yeah. it was it was cool to see that in person. Yeah, you get to see uh, you get to see Shohei before he becomes a, a Dodger. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, see, I didn't realize this till I was looking at his stats before he went to the game. That he's on pace, the same pace Judge was last year for 62 home runs. So 
he might actually beat that record or maybe even break it now. I was like, man, can it at least last a season? <laughs> <laughs> now with a pair of, I mean, like a generational player, like, like showing. Yeah. You know? That just sucks that it would have been a great race again. Cause judge him and judge Ron like the same pace before he got hurt. But now it's like, yeah. obviously <laughs> there's no way judge is going to catch him now. Yes. Yeah, with, uh, with, with Pete. Yeah. I think he was, uh, he, he was leading uh, baseball and home runs, and then he got hurt. Mm. He sort of fell off, and then he's in a slump right now, and it's just uncomfortable to watch. <laughs> you know, why are you swinging that bad? Stop swinging at everything. What's your problem? <laughs> trying it, that thing of yeah. trying to do too much, but then you end up making it worse. Yeah, trying to swing for the fences when you should <laughs> just try to get the ball in play. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, did did the Angels win that game? They did, yes. Uh, okay. Because are they are, are they above five hundred? Um, I believe they are. They're uh, they're kind of hovering around. I think I haven't checked their record recently, but <laughs> I see. Well, it's good. At least you have to see uh, watch a game. Yeah, it is kind of good to say too. Like years from now, when like. Shohei's in the Hall of Fame, and we're looking out, thinking about great players. He could say, "I saw Shohei Otani play and just hit an absolute bomb home run." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. At least you get to see him see him hit a home run. I mean, I don't yeah. know how many people like went to like a three game three game set. Otani did, uh, didn't hit a home run, or he didn't go out and pitch. Or do do they still have him on seven days rest for uh, for pitching? Yeah, six, at least six, because they have a six-man rotation. Yeah. Uh, we're, okay. We were hoping we were going to see him pitch that game, but he got something wrong with his, like, a blister in his thumb or, like, a tone or a fingernail issue. Uh, uh, he, they pushed him back, so we didn't get to see him pitch, but still saw him hit the home run, so <laughs> we saw him do, <laughs> do one of his things, at least. Yeah. Well, that's good. Yeah, that's the weird thing about Japanese players, uh, Japanese pitchers. They need seven days of rest. Because they only pitch one one day a week. Yeah, that's so just used to that. Yeah. yeah. But anyway, yeah, yeah. Uh, glad to see you went to a, went to a baseball game, Tim, and got really bad sunburns. Right. You know, <laughs> always a fun time. Kneecaps <laughs> for some reason. Yes, the shorts only went to the kneecap length. So. <laughs> <laughs> you know what you should have done, Tim? You should have just pulled those pants off. And just expose your thighs and just get a nice tan on your on your thighs. Oh uh, yeah, that your thighs and your, your your arms, you know. Yeah, that wouldn't look weird at all. <laughs> <laughs> just don't take off your shirt for the next three months. <laughs> yeah, that's not a problem. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, with that, um uh, with some fun baseball talk leading into the all-star game, I guess we can go into our minute by minute commentary of star Wars episode eight, the last Jedi going from minute one to minute two <laughs> milestone already. So that's the good thing, I guess with starting a new podcast, with going back to episode like one, our commentary minutes are going to line up pretty good to where we'll hit the minute length of what the current episode we're on. So we're recording our seven, second episode here. We'll finish on the second minute here. So things are syncing up nicely. Ah, okay. So so we're going to finish, I mean, we're going to finish Rise of, uh, sorry, The Last Jedi on, 
I'm trying to do the math. 120, <laughs> one, 151. Yeah. 152. Yeah. Okay. So strap yourselves in. The countdown begins. <laughs> so what episode it's we'll probably, finish this on? It's probably going to take us eight years again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We did it before, we can do it years. again. <laughs> <laughs> but as always, if you want to get your relevant media format out, your VHS copy, your Betamax copy, your Laserdisc copy, your HD DVD copy, your UMD copy, I said that one early, not going to forget it this time, <laughs> your projector version of The Last Jedi, your Blockbuster membership card to go rent it, your Netflix physical media disc, um, your VHS, or I should say your DVHS copy, and then our favorite, your VHS converted to DVD copy made from your old 2010 PC computer, which I currently have right now, <laughs> which I think is still capable of doing that. Grab that copy, put it in, go from minute one to minute two. So are you ready, Dane? Yeah, but if, if you're going to do the VHS to DVD converted copy, you got to do it on a computer that that's running Windows 98 or Windows XP. Yeah, <laughs> that's the only uh, that's the only uh, software that uh, <laughs> system software that'll work. That's probably what I'm using that. right now. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, I am ready. If you if if you mentioned all of the relevant media formats, you said Netflix physical uh, media, right? Mm-hmm. Can't Red envelope. Okay. I just wanted to make sure. Yes. <laughs> but I am ready, Tim. All right. I will begin the countdown with three, two, one, play. We'll see if we get through the crawl this time. <laughs> we still got another paragraph to go. Uh, let's see. But the resistance has been exposed, Tim. As the First Order speeds towards uh, the rebel base, the brave heroes mount a desperate escape. I just realized how that, that, that is a very short paragraph to end the crawl on. <laughs> They're not even paragraphs. They're like half paragraphs. <laughs> well, that well, that last one's shorter than usual. Yeah. All right, we're beginning the fade out. We got about twenty-five uh, seconds left. Where we actually get to see. the shot. Do we do we pan up or do we be, do we pan down? We pan down. Don't tell me. Spoiler alert! I'm sorry. <laughs> I couldn't remember. There's only one Star Wars movie that pans up. Oh, which one is that? That is Attack of the Clones. Attack of the Clones. All right. I do love the shot how we like zoom into the ships and then make our way into the planet, which we'll have to see it on our next episode. <laughs> yeah, it's a pretty cool one shot. Yeah. But how cool will it be? Stay tuned for our next episode. <laughs> we don't want to jump ahead of ourselves here. Yeah, because we still don't know what's going to happen uh, in this movie. I wonder if people are going to hate this movie, Tim, because we don't know what's going to happen. <laughs> of course not. It's Star Wars. Every, everyone, or I should say, every movie is universally loved by every fan. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. I can hear you gritting your teeth through that. <laughs> <laughs> that was hard to say with a straight face. Yeah. Hey, should, should I watch the... Uh, uh, what is that called? Uh, as you being the Marvel fan that you are, should I watch that new Sam Jackson uh, show? 
You definitely should. I am loving Secret okay. Invasion. It's a what? great. Episode. Go ahead. I, I heard it, but. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah. No, I said, uh, what do I need to know to enjoy the show? The, the biggest movie. Um, obviously, you need to know the big thing that happened in Infinity War, the blip where everyone disappeared for five years. So that plays a role with Nick Fury. Okay. But the Captain Marvel movie is the biggest one where it's kind of jumping off from because you got characters from that movie, the sc- the scrolls, the big aliens in the series um, first made their MCU debut in Captain Marvel. And that's where the story with certain characters began with. And then it picks up um, in Secret Invasion. So Cap- the first Captain Marvel movie is really the only one that you kind of would need to know going into it. Um, did did Sam Jackson disappear when that's when the finger snap uh, happened? Yes, he did. Mm, that plays a role into kind of his the state of his character in the series. Okay, and then you sort of like uh, find out what happened when he disappeared. Or is it like, uh, oh, I'm traumatized by that? Yeah, just kind of disappointed with himself, like kind of like he failed or like he wasn't able to stop it type of thing. Uh, he just doesn't come uh, back as the same person because when he comes back, he even leaves Earth and he like he's in the space station for a couple of years and just like kind of just losing contact <laughs> with uh, the human race, so to speak, or just planet Earth in general. So, and they touched on that a little bit. That's, that was mentioned like the end credit scene for Spider-Man: uh, Far From Home that showed Nick Fury was in space for once pretty much the whole time once they brought everybody back. Uh, okay. And is, is Krennic in it? He is. I know yes. he was in. Okay. Cause I yeah, know so his character in, from uh, Captain Marvel is continuing Marvel. in this yeah. one. Yeah. And boy, him and Sam Jackson together are fantastic. Like the performances throughout the, pretty much the entire cast in the show has been great, but them two in particular, where that whenever they share scenes together, it's just an awesome time. <laughs> they just have a really great dynamic. Uh, okay, and um, I saw that uh, uh, Danny was in the show too. Yeah, who, who does she Clark. play? Yeah, she Amelia plays. Um, it's not. I would. It's, this isn't really a spoiler, but because um, her character is in Captain Marvel too, but she plays uh, Ben Mendelsohn's uh, daughter. But oh, okay. her involvement in the series, daughter. yes. Yeah. Her involvement in the series, though, I won't say <laughs> until you watch it because some pretty big stuff happens. Okay, so she's going to be the next superhero then. That's what I'm feeling. Well, we'll see. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, uh, I forget. So, did you see Captain Marvel? Yeah. Yeah, okay. I, I, I did. I, okay. I liked it. I know people hated it for, for no reason, but... I of really liked it. Yeah. yeah, me too. So yeah, everything um, involved, it just picks up with the scrolls, the whole situation after that movie. Obviously, that took place in 1995. This is a current uh, time period series. So a lot has happened between that gap, and it's kind of slowly filling in that time period of like the 30 plus years of what happened between now and then involving the scrolls. Uh, okay. And so... Just as a refresher, right? So the scrolls are actually the good guys in Captain Marvel, right? Yes. Mm. Um, they their homeland was being invaded by Captain Marvel's people, right? The Kree, yeah. Well, she 
what she was led to believe was her people, but <laughs> as we found out, uh, she's from her. Okay. Um, and so they don't have a plan anymore, and they're sort of like living on Earth. Yeah. Right? So Captain Marvel ended, like I believe it was the last shot, where she uh, was kind of going to lead the scrolls to find a new home. And come to learn that that, that doesn't go too well. And they're kind of had to stay on Earth for all those years. And you'll see how Nick Fury deals with that. Um, and what his plan was for them um, in this series. And that's kind of the jumping off point to the whole story for Secret Invasion. Uh, okay. And and this is sort of like a um, like a spy. Mm. Yeah, movie. it's like a spy thriller, I mean, uh, espionage thriller. type series. And it really yeah. captures that tone really great, I think. It's really different okay. from all, most of the other um, Marvel series we've gotten on Disney Plus so far. It definitely has a more serious tone to it. Okay, I'll uh, I'll check it out. Yes. Um, yeah, We're, I mean, I mean that that's one of those things. I mean, this is one of those shows I'd say where it's like I don't know if I'm gonna be too lost, you know, watching mm. this or you know, no, yeah, not, gonna, not like, really. As long as you remember okay. the events of Captain Marvel. Uh so it's just Captain Marvel mm-hmm. and the Avengers uh, snap thing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I will check it out, Tim. I will check it out. And, I think uh, you will enjoy it. Oh, there three, okay. There's three episodes right now. It's only a six-episode series, so you can already get <laughs> halfway done. Ah, uh, okay. So it's a real, real miniseries then. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, I'll check it out. Cool. I think you'll enjoy it. So yeah, so moving on from Secret Invasion, and that goes for everyone too. If you haven't checked it out yet, I highly recommend it. I think you'll enjoy it. Uh, but we're going to turn our gears to some video game talk now um, because we kind of mentioned that, I believe, in our first episode. But um, uh, we definitely talked about it a lot on our last few Bat Fans episode before that series or show concluded. But uh, the two biggest games coming out around the same time, Zelda Tears of the Kingdom and Final Fantasy 16 launching just pretty much a month after each other. And those happen to be my two favorite video game franchises ever uh, made it a problem for me as uh, finishing one before, the, uh, finishing Zelda before Final Fantasy 16 comes out because Zelda, obviously Tears of the Kingdom, a sequel to Breath of the Wild is a massive, massive game. That's, you're not gonna beat if you wanna experience it all the way pretty quickly, but. I will say this. Um, I did beat it, Dane, uh, just before, yeah. around, or I should say the day Final Fantasy 16 launched. I beat it that weekend, like that Friday. Oh, good. So good. I beat it. Uh, my plan was to go beat Tears of the Kingdom, the main story, go into Final Fantasy 16, and kind of do some side quests here and there, Tears of the Kingdom, during like the daytime. Because you know how I don't like to play story-driven games at, during the daytime it has to be at night so i was gonna do like tears of the kingdom side quests in the day final fantasy 16 at night but i have not started final fantasy 16 yet dane oh <laughs> uh, you're a you're a fake final fantasy fan uh, i'm sorry um you know just another franchise i've been an imposter fan of right star wars yeah all, all this talk about <laughs> all this talk about final fantasy 7 tim i actually believed you but it turns out you are a fake fan. <laughs> <laughs> no, but what happened was Tears of the Kingdom. So I'm going to give a full review of Tears of the Kingdom. But I, the, I loved the ending and the final sequence so much. And just what it did for, for story-wise for the Zelda franchise. I was just like, 
just in full-blown Zelda mode still. Like, I couldn't stop thinking about it. So I was like, man, I still want to experience more of this game. And I don't want to shorten, obviously, my intention for Final Fantasy 16 or to Zelda and divide it between the two. So I just thought, you know what? I'm still in Zelda mode. I'm just going to focus all my attention on Tears of the Kingdom still, doing some side quests. And I wasn't planning to do all the shrines right away before Final Fantasy 16, but I just learned something of what you get after you complete all the shrines and seeing that kind of just like blew my mind. It was like, whoa, okay, I have to finish this kind of now. Like, so that's what I've been doing. I've been finishing up all the shrines since I beat the game, which is two weeks now. So I'm at 125 shrines as we're recording this episode out of 150. So I'm close. I'm hoping to get that done, or at least the majority of them completed this weekend, and hopefully start Final Fantasy 16 by next weekend. But that's why I haven't started 16 yet. I've just been still in full-blown Zelda mode. I just want to continue playing the game because the game was fantastic. And I'll just say, kind of getting my negatives out of the way first, it does follow the formula of Breath of the Wild pretty much to a T, which, um, I mean, it, if you really love the stuff from Breath of the Wild like I did, it's not really a knock because it's more of the stuff you love. <laughs> but it's, you know, kind of for a sequel, you're hoping for, you might be hoping for some more new stuff or little different um, things added to it, which it does have, like the whole thing with uh, be, being able to build objects and create all these, your imagination can go wild with creating different things. But for me, I'm not the hugest fan of that. That was kind of one of my least a- favorite aspects of the game um, were certain puzzles, hey, not all of them. Tim, I'm going to have yeah. to agree with you there. Okay. Um, <laughs> I kind of figured yeah, you were. That, yeah, that, that was my least favorite aspect of the game. That, that, I've played, I mean, I'm still in the sort of beginning because, well, Final Fantasy 16 came out, and, you know, if I had to drop one, I'm going to drop uh, Zelda. But, uh, yeah, I'm going to have to agree with you that that uh, was probably my least favorite part aspect of the game where, you know, you got to build this glider and you got to fly down mm-hmm. and then but you got to build it exactly right. If not, you're going to, like, I don't know fall off or you can turn left or you're gonna do this or that so yeah all that to say i i I agree with you (laughs) (laughs) yeah i know people love that aspect you should see some of the stuff people are creating during the game so it's cool for them but for me that's like some i've never been in two games that had that and that put that into zelda it has its cool features sometimes at the same time it does slow the pace down a bit where you just kind of want to get to one area but uh, you have to build this thing real quick and it just kind of slows it down so uh, those aspects of it um, and the thing like doing the same thing as far as like the same landscape of Hyrule being pretty much the same. There's different aspects to it, of course. Don't get me wrong. And then the shrines kind of bringing those back as again, just continuing on what Breath of the Wild did. Maybe a little disappointment for some, but at the same time, it's still a blast to play through. <laughs> like as I'm doing these shrines, it's still a lot of fun. But uh, just what I loved about this game is just it had a fantastic Zelda story to it, Um, which kind of, I think Zelda games in general don't get enough credit for how good their stories are. Um, But this one in particular is going to go down as one of the best adventures that Link and Zelda in particular have had together because I'm going to go into spoilers stuff here, Dane. So I don't know if you're intending to play it (laughs) anytime soon, or if I can go ahead and talk about some specific events Um, that happened here. Let me guess, Sam. And this is just me purely guessing. You rescue Zelda. <laughs> um, 
I'm guessing that's what what's going to happen because Wink is the worst body, bodyguard in the history of media, I'd say. <laughs> right? Because Zelda is always getting kidnapped by or falling into pits and, uh. <laughs> you know, getting captured and all that. You know, so. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm it's kind assuming of, it, at the end, yeah, you rescue her. It kind of goes both ways, actually. Uh, um, so. Link and Zelda both get saved in a way so by each other. This is where I think the story was brilliant because the game starts off, obviously Zelda goes, falls into that chasm and you see her disappear and she goes back into the past. And we learned that this, where she, the time period she goes to is the founding of Hyrule. So this is like way early in the Zelda timeline. And I know the Zelda timeline, it can be very confusing and it's still not clear what, where exactly this takes place in the timeline. Um, or if it's starting a new timeline, because as I said, meeting the first king and queen of Hyrule is a big deal in it. I think you, there is ways it can line up to where it takes place after Skyward Sword, because Skyward Sword is the first game in the timeline, and that shows how um, everyone in the sky came down to the surface and became the Hylians and kind of founded Hyrule, or the land of Hyrule, but now we're seeing here the first kingdom of Hyrule, the first king and queen. So Zelda is in the past, and she's trying to obviously make her way back into Link and to stop Ganondorf. Um, and so it's a great like time loop thing going on in this game that I really love. So you remember in Breath of the Wild, and maybe you even saw them in the little bit you played the Tears of the Kingdom game, the dragons that fly around in the sky. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that plays a big factor into the story. And this is what blew me away. So the way you get the Master Sword in this game is that Instead of going into the Lost Woods where the Deku Tree is, you actually have to go into one of the dragons um, to get it. And again, I'm throwing the spoiler warning out here <laughs> for those who haven't finished it yet. Um, but that was just a great sequence where you have to find one of the dragons. It's called the Light Dragon. And it has the Master Sword kind of pretty much stuck in its head <laughs> where you have to make it up to the dragon, climb on it, and then have enough stamina to pull out the Master Sword. Um, from it was just a really fun sequence and just a great cool new way to get it but then you're wondering how did the master sword get there Um, because it was destroyed in the beginning by ganondorf's uh gloom and it was able to be it was got sent back in time with zelda but it was destroyed it was fractured and the only way um it could be restored again in the present time is pretty much healing itself pretty much in a state of slumber for like thousands of years so obviously if zelda went back in time to the beginning of the foundation of the kingdom of hyrule and she has the master sword there by the time it's able to heal itself to the present it'll be good to go but how can it heal itself well um how let me ask you this Stane. how far did you get in tears of the kingdom did you see any cutscenes at all did you find any of those geoglyphs on the map um i don't I don't believe so. Okay. Uh, no, so I there's don't no think so. Okay, so there's no particular cutscene that's sticking out to you. Because yeah. it kind of gets revealed. Because, um, of course, in every Zelda game, there's these items you have to collect when you finish temples and you awaken, like, the sage or warriors. Um, in this game, you're pretty much teaming up with the ancestors of these sages back in the, the beginning of Hyrule Timeline where Zelda is at, where they all came together to fight uh, Ganondorf, but failed. But they had these uh, stones that enhanced their power. And then when you finish the dungeon, uh, 
that gets passed down to your companion. That was a new aspect of the game I liked, where once you complete a dungeon, um, kind of like the spirit of the companion you were traveling with is there with you the whole game. So you pretty much build up this team of uh, fighters that fight alongside you in battle, which was a cool new aspect of Zelda that hasn't been done before, and definitely came in handy in certain fights where they'd help you out in battle. So I did like that. But those stones, over the course of the game, you learn what they do, and it gets revealed as Zelda's trying to think of, you know, how can she get back into the present and heal the Master Sword? It's the only way to do that, obviously, because like, she can't travel. There's no way for her to use time travel to go back to the future. Um, so this kind of has to wait. But obviously, she's not going to live that long. But it gets revealed that anyone who eats a tear or one of those stones that it has to lose the power um, becomes a dragon, one of those ancient dragons. So we learned that those dragons we see in Breath of the Wild and the Tears of the Kingdom, those were actually people. Or <laughs> this, um, the king of Hyrule is a Zonai, him, and we meet his sister Minoru in the game. They're like the last two Zonai still on Hyrule. And it's this is kind of speculation, but some of the dragons you see in Breath of the Wild and in Tears of the Kingdom were once Zonai who actually ate those stones and became those ancient dragons. And they're able to pretty much live forever. But you lose yourself. Um, you're pretty much sacrificing your humanity and your being to become one of those dragons. Immense power and obviously immortality, but you just lose yourself. In Zelda, seeing no other way, after they lose their battle with Ganondorf, the king sacrifices himself. The queen is murdered by Ganondorf. The sages from the different species that fought in the imprisoning war battle, they're defeated. And so there's pretty much the only option that Zelda sees to do is to kill the Master Sword. But it needs the sacred energy, which she'll have as a dragon. So it gets revealed that she eats one of those tears and sacrifices herself to become one of those ancient dragons. So that new dragon where you got the Master Sword, that was Zelda. And that just like blew me away. So like all this time I was seeing that dragon fly across the sky, it was Zelda this whole time. And that just, you know, thinking about the whole time travel, time loop scenarios where this version of Zelda existed and was out there for over the course of the entire Zelda timeline, <laughs> but is now finally able to make her way or heal the Master Sword over that massive long thousands and thousands of years for the Master Sword to heal itself. And you claim it again now in the present when it was with Zelda in the past this whole time. So it was just a cool time travel story. So yes, you do save Zelda at the end uh, once you defeat Ganondorf. Uh, Link with his power and kind of with the spirit of the King uh, Rairu and his queen and his wife, the Queen uh, Sonya, their powers that they have um, channeling through the Master Sword and Link was able to get Zelda back into her human form. So yes, you do save her, but Zelda in turn pretty much saves Link by giving, allowing herself, sacrificing herself to heal the Master Sword and giving it to Link to defeat Ganondorf in this game. So I just love that story and just kind of just a great journey that Zelda went on like she never has before in a Zelda game. It was just fantastic. But And just from a gameplay standpoint too, that final battle sequence with Ganondorf was just so much fun. It was one of the best ones. I think my favorite Ganondorf and battle is still Twilight Princess because I do love the different stages of the boss fight you had to do in this one. But this one was just kind of a fun, obviously, sword or uh, combat battle with Ganon you have. But then he does the same thing Zelda does too, where he eats one of the tears and he becomes 
a ancient dragon as well. And having the final battle be where he becomes a dragon, he pretty much clutches Link in his teeth, is about to eat him, but then Zelda in her dragon form comes and rescues you out of there. And then you you're on her back and you have to make your way to fight Dragon Ganon. So it's like Dragon Zelda versus Dragon Ganon with Link <laughs> doing the fighting too. It was just an epic final battle that just blew me away so yeah i absolutely love the story of this game and it's a zelda game too so it's as fun as ever um even if certain things are just continuing on the foundation that breath of the wild laid out but it was just a blast and i just went on like a whole zelda lore binge after that looking at encyclopedia books that i have watching theory videos on where it could take place in the timeline so it was just a lot of fun so um i'm close to finishing it so that's why I haven't started Final Fantasy 16 yet, but it's because this Breath of the, or Tears of the Kingdom just blew me away even more than I thought thought it would with its story and what it did uh, for the Zelda lore. So, um, no surprise that I absolutely love the game. Um, probably the only it holds a back where it just wasn't as like groundbreaking as Breath of the Wild was. Um, as I said, having it feel a little familiar, but I think story wise, I think it surpasses Breath of the Wild because that had a great story too. But I think this one just edged it out <laughs> for what it did with Zelda and Link. So, um, to score this one, I'm going to give it a four and a half out of five. It was fantastic, it was well worth <laughs> the seven year wait. Yeah, well, it seems like uh, what they did with Tears of the Kingdom was they realized that they had like a really good system with with mm. uh, breath of the wild and a really good world or template or whatever and it sound sounds like they they wanted to expand the story a little bit yeah is that what they you definitely feel? did yeah they definitely uh, did <laughs> okay and what's the name of ganon uh uh ganondorf in this one like yeah ganondorf Ash is ganon or in the Breath of the Wild, it was Calamity Ganon. Calamity. <laughs> now we know why that happened, because that, the corpse of Ganondorf was hidden and sealed away underneath the cast, Hyrule Castle. And like him attempted to get out, his, like, his evil like malice and spirit was like corrupted, came in, cr that corrupted Calamity Ganon form. So that's why it showed up every so often. Uh, I see. I see. Yeah, also, Link, not really good on killing the bad guy you know <laughs> Ganon, uh, Ganondorf always comes back and yeah so he's a bad he's a bad security guard <laughs> bodyguard he's, he's bad at killing the, the bad the big bad the big bad guy <laughs> it's you just a cycle that has to continue yeah, what would be interesting is if you got to play as Zelda you know, instead of like yeah. having a, I would love that, but, especially after this yeah. story, where they could do something cool. Where it's like, since she, as I said, she was a, became a dragon, dragon. and yeah. like you play, not as a dragon, but like if you do a game where like since there's different multiple Zeldas throughout the timeline, like you play as those different Zeldas, like encountering that dragon where they like feel a connection to it, but they don't know why, but we as a player do. I think they could do some like really cool stuff now with that story aspect brought into the lore. Yeah, like, uh, is there any other video game out there that's called the main character's name, but it's not about the main character? Right. <laughs> you know, like, like I'm, you, I'm sure there you are. Never but, play as Zelda. Yeah. But Zelda started it. <laughs> I will say that. Yeah. So, if you do finish all those shrines, are you going to start Final Fantasy? I am. Final yes, Fantasy that is my 16? end. That is okay. my end point. <laughs> 
because so, yeah. you really want to get on it. <laughs> yes, I do, because I'm hearing how amazing it is, and I'm sure you're going to tell me <laughs> in just a few yeah. seconds how amazing it is, without spoiling it, though, of course. But the last thing I'll say yeah. about Tears of the Kingdom, the reason why I wanted to finish the shrines is, like, you find out, remember the beginning cutscene of Breath of the Wild where it tells you about the legendary hero who sealed the, calamity, yeah. the first calamity again? And, well, I did at least thought, and I think a lot of people did, oh, it's just uh, another link. But what you get after you get all the shrines is a costume of that legendary hero. But you find out it is not a human or a Hylian. It is a different species. I mean, maybe it's a different, it's still called Link, but it's a different species where it looks like an alien. I think it's the Zonai, the same species as the King Raru. But it's just like, when I saw that, like, oh man, what, who is this? Like, what is, what are they doing with the story here? So I was like, okay, I got to get all the shrines, get that costume. And I think if you talk to certain people, they'll tell you a little more about that legendary hero. So I was like, they're setting something up here for, I think, a future. I don't know if it's going to be a third game or some DLC coming down the line, but there's going to be more to that legendary hero that now I'm just fascinated by. So that's why I had to make sure I get all the shrines because I want to get that costume. So the the costume turns you into a... a thing? Like an yeah. alien or something? <laughs> yeah, oh, okay. a different species, yeah. Uh, okay, a different species. Well, well, good luck with that, Tim. <laughs> I am close. <laughs> because, because like, uh, like I mentioned before, like one of my big problems with the game was like building stuff, and then there was that one shrine in the beginning mm. where you you have to like build um, like a bridge, and it's like the I don't know if it was the mechanics or if I wasn't understanding how to do it right. It's probably me, but I don't know. It just didn't seem very intuitive and just building stuff. And it's like, uh, this puzzle ain't worth solving. (laughs) So I'm out of here. (laughs) Yeah, I'm not embarrassed to say anymore. Like anything I get stumped over a little bit, I'm just going to YouTube to do it. I mean, time is too precious nowadays. So it's like, I just got to get through it. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah, like, I don't know. I mean, I guess it was me not being uh, creative enough or whatever, but, uh, yeah, so, some of that building stuff. Like, especially when it comes to, like, the houses, it's like, I, I, didn't, I didn't really understand how to how to build it, you know? Mm. But, <laughs> yeah, it was yeah. probably just me. Like I said, that wasn't my favorite aspect of it either, so you're not alone. I did like the combat in this game. It seems like they did a little something with the durability of of certain um, weapons. Uh, what do you call it? Weapons, yeah, yeah. I mean, like if if, if you're fighting with a stick, of course, of course, it's gonna break in three and a half hits, you know. Uh-huh. Uh, but if you if you actually get a sword and you um, attach something to it, then yeah, then uh, it'll last longer. And I heard you can repair, uh, you can repair broken uh, weapons. Is that true? Um, I've never done that. I think there's a way you could, you could like rebuy broken weapons, like shields, like some like rare shields and stuff. You can get. Uh, I'm not okay. sure on weapons though. Ah, uh, okay. 
but the fusing yeah, uh, the fusing system was great like fusing different items together to make a weapon or even the master sword not strong in itself but fusing it with another strong weapon just makes it really stronger that's what i use for my final ganador battle to make it a little easier so so how did that work like you um because i know the the master sword recharges right yeah mm. so how did that work what where you would attach something to it and then it would break and then you would have to yeah, wait that, for it to recharge and then that build would it break again. first like your attachment would break but your master sword might still have a little bit left but it would still kind of i think it just lasted or it made the energy in the master sword last a little bit longer if you have something fused to it but it still has to recharge it'll, it'll still eventually uh, run out of energy which that okay. still bugs me i mean it's like it's the master sword especially what we learned in the story how it's been healing itself with zelda for thousands and thousands of years to think it wouldn't need to recharge itself after all that so that's still one aspect where like when you have the master sword that should just be unlimited energy that you could use it all the time but it is like that when you fight ganondorf in the final battle it doesn't lose its energy like it will not run out of energy when you fight him which i appreciated that (laughs) that final battle Uh, isn't there also a master shield there's the hylian shield but that can break too uh okay and then there's a um Master bow? Uh, there is no bow. I like. Uh, there yeah. probably is an ultimate bow, but like not one specifically that Link always usually has, like the Master Sword and the Hylian Shield. Uh, okay, I see. So, yeah, I, hopefully I'll I'll get back on that. I mean, I don't see it anytime soon because mm-hmm. <laughs> you know I got Final Fantasy 16. And yeah. <laughs> October is gonna be a really busy month for me. It's it's gonna be my my version of your past okay. months where you, you have like eight games to play. Because uh, uh, we got Spider-Man, uh, Assassin's Creed is coming out. Although uh, that, that one is going to be a shorter one because it's not priced as a full game. Um, and then we got uh, Cyberpunk DLC, which, uh, uh, which I'm going to be playing. So, Which hopefully works yeah. and runs okay. Yeah. I mean, they did patch Cyberpunk 2077, and it ended up being an all right game. Uh, it, it it wasn't, you know, like this revolutionary game that it was supposed to be. But yeah, I could see I, I could see the pieces there. But uh, yeah, so those three games are gonna take me a long time, especially uh, Assassin's Creed, because I know I'm gonna get sidetracked just like I am with Final Fantasy 16. Like just getting sidetracked. Like uh, <laughs> oh, I know we should focus on the main story. But... Oh, that's what happened to me in Zelda. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like oh, I know I need to progress the story, but I just gotta go see what what's up in this town. Um. But yeah. Uh. Are are you done with uh Zelda? Tim? Yes. Is there anything else? One. Okay. Okay. So Final Fantasy 16. Let's get the negative out of the way first, which is okay. only really two things. Uh, which is the frame rate. Um, oh, okay. Even even on the uh, what is it called? The frame rate mode, the performance mode. Uh, um, did they the, just have uh, an update though, like this week? I don't know if that fixed an issue, but I know it had an update. Like, this yeah, days ago. that was just with the uh, with the motion blur, which oh, is something okay. that I, I really wish they would have had at launch because the, the motion blur is isn't very good. Um, also. Uh, I thought it was going to be a massive open world uh, where you can go start from the south, I don't know, and then make your way all the way to the north part of the co- continent. But it's more of like 
like you are uh, different levels, right? Okay. So like, okay, so I want to go here. So then you fast travel there instead of like going from point A to point B on a chocobo, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's it's more like a fast travel sort of thing, but but the the levels are really big and uh, there's a lot to really uh, really distract you from the main what's going on. In the main <laughs> Um. Yeah. Have you played the prologue, Tim? You haven't. No, played I haven't it, played right? anything. I'm just okay. saving it all for when it. I start it. Okay. Okay. Uh, I just got to recalculate what I what I can talk okay. about. So, yeah. Uh. Well, let's start off with this. Uh, it's not an RPG. It's not even an action RPG. Oh, really? Okay. It's, yeah. It's not a JRPG, of course. It's not an action RPG. It's not even an RPG. It's an action game. Uh, but what I feel, I mean, people really don't like that because Final Fantasy is a JRPG game. It's an RPG game. Uh, I really enjoyed it. I think it's progress in the right direction. I mean, I don't think in this day and age you can really have a JRPG where it's like a turn-based system. Mm-hmm. Um, especially after the last couple of Final Fantasy games. 15 wasn't like that. Uh, 13 wasn't like that. Well, kind of but um yeah so like i don't think you could have uh final fantasy 10 uh 10 12 uh sort of turn-based action uh, t- turn-based role-playing game um so i think it's progress and i really really like it and it's really cool to to use all the different powers in in real time switching in real time between different uh different uh powers that you eventually get and um there, there is the, the rpg factor where you're leveling up certain skills of course yeah uh some gear stuff i, th- I think they got the right balance of gear where you, your um your sort of jewelry is is uh it it helps you with the gameplay and then uh your sword and your i don't know your shirt is uh, <laughs> is the stat based stuff, you know that can enhance your stats a little bit. Um, so yeah, it's 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 not an RPG game. It's it's or I should say it's barely an RPG game, and I really enjoy it. Uh, just fighting in real time and the different out uh, the, the different. Uh, <sighs> You see, because it's a spoiler, Tim. So okay, yeah. <laughs> Please to, keep it spoiler free. Yeah, yeah. I have to really dance around it. Uh, the limit break is pretty cool when you once you get it, and the ultimate limit break, I guess you could say. Um. But yeah, the the main thing is the story. The story is really what's what's really getting me to return. I'm, I haven't really had a chance to play. And I'm kind of, I think I'm in the beginning. I'm not really sure. I haven't really looked at a, a guy or a, or a Let's Play or anything like that. Uh-huh. But I think I'm in the middle of the beginning or towards the end of the beginning because it, it the, the, the game jumps around through different periods of time. Yeah. And, uh, oh, so you knew that. Okay. I do know that. Yeah, you played yeah, yeah. Clive's his name, right? <laughs> okay, so something happens in the beginning that really jumps forward in time, makes it makes the game jump forward in time, and then um, 
unexpectedly, there's another shift forward in time that I didn't really see coming. But uh, yeah, it's it's the story that really keeps me coming back again and again. It's it's so good. Think less of like uh, the Final Fantasy games that you've played in the past, and think more. A song of ice and fire slash game films. I've heard That's that comparison really, a lot. <laughs> Even like the the developers yeah. and stuff talking about it. Yeah. <laughs> That's really what's going on. Uh, nice. A lot of shifts in power, uh, especially with the uh, with the passage of time or the the, the passing of time. You know, it's like you really have to pay attention to the story, which really plays into one of the mechanics of the game, which is the active lore system. <laughs> so what you can do is during like a cutscene, is like you can, you can, uh, you can press the, the touchpad on the PS, PS5 controller and you can uh, read a little bit about, I mean, it's just like a short, real short paragraph about what's going on, where these people come from what they think, what they believe, uh, you know, is it a theocracy? Is it, you know, like a, like a bare bones, uh, society sort of thing. And that really helps you understand what's going on. Uh, a lot of the politics of what's going on in the game. Um, and that's one thing that really interests me more than what's going on personally with the characters with Clive, uh, Jill and, uh, certain other characters, <laughs> let's say, okay. <laughs> because there, there, there's three right now that are really big. And um, uh, Tim, I wish I could spoil it, for you, but <laughs> I, I'm not gonna do it. Uh, Please don't. Yeah. Uh, that part is more of a slow drip uh, story, but like a lot of the things that are going on politically in the game is is like really, really fascinating who's thinking over who and why there's a truce here and why, you know, the, this, this kingdom thinks that what they're, this other kingdom is doing is a, you know, is an act of aggression and why that, you know, kingdom is so aggressive uh, sort of thing. So that I feel is what's really keeping me in the game. It's stuff that has nothing to do with, with, Clive and his story and what's going it's it's they're really telling two different stories and I'm sure they're gonna um they're gonna intersect at some point and it, it already yeah, has with the, with the mother crystals and everything um and the dominance and uh <sighs> I'm sorry, I'm sorry <laughs> no, 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 I appreciate you I'm, being I'm, careful I'm going through yeah I'm going through my head really quickly about what I can say, what I can say, um, yeah. So, so there's like three different stories going on. I'd say like with the dominance, the people that are dominance, uh, their whole story, and um, the political story of like the warring factions, the warring kingdoms, and there's Clive's story, which is a really personal story, and you're gonna find out what's what his story is right from the jump um as soon as you play through that prologue you're gonna find out what his story is and then you, you sort of have to get get your head around the uh the different aspects of like the, the political nature and like the different kingdoms and the mother crystals and then how the dominance really play into 
what the story is. Um, yeah, so uh, three different aspects of the story, and they all blend in really, really well. And you add on top of that the, the great gameplay. Uh, of the, I mean, the combat system is is amazing. If you, if you really liked Final Fantasy XV's combat system, which I do. You're really gonna, yeah, you're really going to like the the things that they added onto it. So it's nice. less about chain, uh, uh, chaining together different uh, moves and stuff, and it's more about chaining together your different powers that you get. And uh, you add on top of that that slight little RPG factor where you, you can upgrade certain skills and yeah you, you've got a great uh combat system um so the story is great the the combat is great the mechanics are great um yeah i've really been enjoying it i, I wish i could talk about the story but i'll <laughs> You you need to go in there blank. Yes. Don't read anything into it yet. I I have it because that's even when yeah. like the reviews were coming out, I just saw the score because I wanted to see how it was doing. But I like haven't watched any reviews, I haven't read any reviews. I'm just staying away until I actually play it. Like I said, the good thing I do have Zelda. I'm just so engrossed in that right now to keep me away from like any spoilers and whatnot for Final Fantasy 16. So I'm gonna go into it really fresh. That's exactly what you need to do. Because uh, it, it's definitely worth uh, having the game feel its world to you. Um, I think that was the most beneficial part of uh, of playing the prologue early and uh-huh. not reading anything about it after that. Um, because you're gonna play the prologue and then you're gonna realize like. Yeah, or, or are you going to feel how I was feeling, except you, you're not going to have that waiting period right. of a couple of days <laughs> because something really big happens right in the beginning. And, you know, like it's it's, <laughs> it's going to surprise you. And uh, yeah, that's all I'll say about that. <laughs> cool. Well, I'm glad to hear it's living up to the expectations. And this is I cannot wait to play it. So that's, that's the other thing I was staying away from reviews and stuff, because I know the more I read about it, the more anxious it's going to make me to play it. But like, it's got to yeah. focus on the Zelda. So I'm almost there. Yeah. yeah it's, it's really interesting with this game because it's a different kind of story. It's different gameplay. And I mean, it's a mature theme, right? Yeah, that's the they first swear. M-rated Final Fantasy game. Yeah, they, they swear uh, there's love scenes in it. Um, yeah, so it's, it's it's a really interesting game. Yeah, I just want to talk about it with you because <laughs> I want you to play it already. Never mind getting all of these shrines, Tim. Just get into Final Fantasy 16. Uh, not when I'm so close near the end. <laughs> just got to push, yeah. push a little further. I'm yeah, like, um, I think my time in Zelda is like a hundred over a hundred hours. And man, it does not feel wow. like I played it that much. It just feels like a normal like fifty hour game I played it to, but it's just like that just shows just how much you get immersed to it and like time just flies by where you don't even realize you spent so much time playing that game. <laughs> yeah. I I know exactly what you what you um what you feel like because I was the same way with uh uh Assassin's Creed uh Valhalla. Uh I just really had to get the legend, the the legendary weapons in them, 
like the Excalibur, uh-huh. which is essentially a lightsaber. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, I had to get Neil near. Uh, yeah, so like I I I know exactly what you uh, what you're going through right now. <laughs> That's a great feeling when a game's able to do that for you, where you just it just sucks you in so much, so you just can't stop playing. That's what you want for video games. Yeah, and it's the same thing with uh, with Final Fantasy 16. It's like even the side quests are really good. Um, and nope, that's a spoiler. Okay, <laughs> so never mind. Right there. Never mind. Forget I said anything, Tim. Just play the side quests too. Just so, just play the side quests. You you'll be fine. I'm planning to. So I think I should have Final Fantasy 16 done by October when Spider Man 2 comes out. So. <laughs> <laughs> maybe so so are you gonna still put off street fighter then that too uh see man i actually forgot about that <laughs> I, I really want to play that that would be a distraction as well so jeez. yeah uh i i haven't even bought it yet me I, I know it's yeah i know it's gonna it's just gonna be too much for me it, yeah. it, it looks really good yeah, it's, it's getting really great reviews, too. It looks awesome. So yeah. hopefully by the time we're able to play it, it'll, the price will go down a little, too. <laughs> so it can be yeah. a little cheaper. Yeah, we'll so, see it on a sale or something. <laughs> so if I could get through Final Fantasy 16, if I started this month of July, finish it around September or something, and just have a little bit of time to play Street Fighter before Spider-Man, I'll be happy with that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, if you can beat Final Fantasy 16, get a little bit of Street Fighter, play a little a little bit of Street Fighter, and then by October, you know, uh, Spider-Man 2 comes out. Uh, yeah, you, you, you'll be on perfect pace, Tim. Yes, and I, think I, I don't think I have any other games to worry about after that. So, <laughs> so. Yeah. Yeah, October is going to... I think I'm going to be good for the next... For, for After October, I think I'm going to be good for the, for, the, for the year, for the rest of the year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's how it should be with me with Spider-Man 2. That's like the last big, big one. Yeah, I know. That's the one that scares me because I know I'm going to have to do everything in that game. I did it for the first one, so yeah. It's exactly uh, the same me with too. This one too. <laughs> <laughs> me too. And I did it for uh, the, the Miles Morales same, game yeah, too. Uh, even though that was a little smaller one. Yeah, that was a little more manageable. <laughs> yeah. That one was only... Uh, uh, Harlem, right? That wasn't the entire New York City. Was it? No, I can't remember. It felt like it was yeah. big. The, whole the, city, thing? the map everywhere was big, like the first one. But. Yeah. Shoot. I can't remember. Me neither. <laughs> and hopefully Spider-Cat makes an appearance, too, in this next one, because he has to show up again. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, that, Oh, I'm sorry. sorry. Did um in uh in the first Spider-Man game? Oh, so uh, uh sorry. In in the Miles Morales game, that that was just pretty much a copy of the first game, right? Yeah, just pretty much the same form. Miles Morales. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. So obviously, yeah. new okay. boss fights and all that stuff, but map and everything I think was pretty much the same. Combat was the same. Same. And yeah, I, I've been meaning to ask you, Tim, uh, via text, but I just haven't gotten around to it. Is is there a Miles Morales comic? Currently? Um, I believe so. I can't remember if he has his ongoing. I know 
he had one not too long ago where he got a new suit that didn't look great. <laughs> so uh, yeah. I'm not sure if this that one's still going on or if they restarted a new one, honestly. But okay. I mean, there has to be no, especially with uh, it's across the Spider Verse doing amazing yeah. as it did, and you know they always gotta have, have <laughs> new tom- comics to tie into a new movie, especially with Marvel. So I think there probably is a new one that launched not too long ago. Okay. Yeah, I still haven't seen it, Tim. Really? Oh, man. You're, yeah. you're, you're going to be blown away when you do get to see it. Yeah, I mean, it's not for, it's not that I don't want to. It's that uh, I heard people were getting headaches because a lot of, the, I mean, there was a lot of like flashing lights and stuff in it. And my mom went to go see it. Yeah, my mom went to go see it and she got a headache after, oh, right. uh, after watching it. So if she did, uh, then I am. So. Yeah, I know you're sensitive <laughs> to that. But yeah. Uh, I take it your dad saw it though, right? Because I know he's a big Spider-Man yeah. guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He saw it, and he he really loved it. Yeah. <laughs> he he really loved it. Uh, in fact, it took my my nephew to go see it um, after they after they saw it, and uh, he loved it too. He's uh he's really big on Miles Morales specifically. Um, yeah, I remember you telling he, me. He doesn't really that. care. Yeah, <laughs> he, he he doesn't really care about Peter Parker or Spider Gwen or. <laughs> Uh, what have you? He, he really loves Miles um, Morales. So yeah, that, he, he definitely really was. Yeah, I could see how he definitely would love this this one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Still haven't seen it, so like. Okay, I don't want to spoil I, it for you because there's some like really yeah. cool twists and turns in this one. I think I'm gonna have to wait till uh, it comes out on home release mm-hmm. to see it. Unfortunately, yeah, I don't think I can see it in the theater because I'm I'm uh, sensitive to light, so. Fortunately, fortunately, I'm gonna have to wait a little bit. <laughs> uh, curse your sensitivity to lights. It's keeping you from experience a great cinematic experience. It's actually the first movie I finally saw a full movie in IMAX, and it was this one. Oh, really? Yeah, it was great yeah. on that big screen. Yeah. You're not gonna see Oppenheimer in IMAX. <laughs> I kind of I'm tempted to just because how much christopher nolan is bragging about but <laughs> i think there's yeah. like this recent photo that showed like him showing off just how big the movie reel was of oppenheimer and imax this is... but yeah. i'm probably gonna see oppenheimer i just don't know about i don't know about imax i only saw um into the spider-verse uh, or across the spider-verse I, see now i'm getting the names confused on what was the first and the second one but <laughs> when i went to arizona um I saw it down there with Kyle and his wife, and they have a, an IMAX theater nearby, and they, that's where they always go to see movies in IMAX, and that's why I saw it. And it was really cool seeing that. Like, even though you're sensitive to all those, like, lights and stuff, that the animation, that was just a sight to behold on that big screen. It was just really, really cool. Yeah, I know. I, I've been tempted, Tim. <laughs> I've been tempted. Can you to... live with a headache for a day? <laughs> Uh, no, not if it turns into a migraine, then I get right, <laughs> sick to work. Uh, I, and I don't want to be the weirdo in the theater <laughs> with uh, wearing sunglasses. You know? <laughs> so, yeah, well, it's probably not uh, playing I, an IMAX anymore. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, Hopefully it won't be too long of a wait until yeah. <laughs> yeah. for the home release. Yeah. 
you're going to see Oppenheimer and then you're going to see Barbie and IMAX, right? So, <laughs> it's going to be a double feature because they do come out the same day, right? <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> talk about the movie battle of the year, Oppenheimer versus Barbie. Who's going to win the opening weekend? <laughs> oh, I think Barbie's going to win that one. Yeah, I think so too. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I heard he was doing practical effects for... He says there's zero explosions. CGI. Yeah. How do you do practical practical effects for a nuclear explosion <laughs> i think sometimes nolan just says there's zero cgi but in fact there probably has to be there is some <laughs> it's like yeah i mean even if it's touch-ups to yeah. yeah unless you use old archival footage or something <laughs> and just cleaned it yeah. up but to make it look really good in imax yeah. uh, i don't know it, it is based on one of my favorite books though uh, yeah american prometheus uh-huh. yeah yeah, so I'm uh, definitely gonna check so, it out. So I've I've technically seen the movie already, Tim. Oh, don't spoil it. Don't spoil it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they they make the bomb. I don't know if you know that. I, uh, I mean, they already I spoiled it in the trailer it. that uh, Einstein was in it. I mean, that would have been a cool surprise to see in the theater, but it got ruined for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they they make the bomb, Tim. I, 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 sorry, I spoiled that for you. You're doing such a great job with not spoiling Final Fantasy 16, but yet you just couldn't help yourself with Oppenheimer. Yeah. Thanks a lot, Dave. <laughs> uh, I, I don't mean to spoil Barbie for you, Tim. But, uh, <laughs> Barbie is actually a doll. What? No. Yeah. For children. Sorry, I don't mean to spoil that for you. Ah, so this <laughs> character is the same one in the Toy Story movies. Okay. <laughs> now it's making sense. Yeah. But anyway, so yeah, more, uh, more new movies to look forward to, I guess, that we will either see or not see. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, definitely seeing Barbie, not seeing Oppenheimer, because I know how it ends. <laughs> <laughs> and since you spoiled it for me already, there's no need for me to see it. So <laughs> there you go. <laughs> you know, um, I, I, I did see Dunkirk uh, in IMAX, and that looked okay. really good. So I'm oh. assuming uh, Oppenheimer is going to be the same exact way. Yeah, probably even better. <laughs> Yeah. But anyway, yeah, sorry. I didn't mean to sidetrack us with with, uh, with IMAX Barbie. (laughs) (laughs) But um, yeah, moving on from movies to something on TV I wanted to talk about where um, we we got a new Superman animated series. And I have been keeping tabs on this one, seeing the trailers. It's uh, My Adventures with Superman. And it's watching the trailers the animation so it's like an anime inspired not full-blown anime but you could tell it's inspired by um anime designs and i was just looking forward to having a new superman animated series um so it's it has a weird well it's not too weird but <laughs> something different where it's premiering on adult swim uh, but then the next day it's going to be on uh max i can't call it hbo max now it's just max but um so it premiered this week on Adult Swim and then on Max uh, yesterday. So I checked out the first two episodes and wanted to talk about it real quick hey, Tim. because Tim, sorry, I I, uh, I I just gotta mention this. So I was talking with somebody and then I, I caught myself saying, "Oh no, no, I I, I taped it." Oh, <laughs> you know, like, I haven't heard that phrase be been said in a long, <laughs> long time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I. I caught myself saying, no, no, I taped it. It's, it's all good. I taped it. Uh, did, some, did someone go, like, what the heck are you talking about? <laughs> did they not understand what that meant? 
no, no, like didn't say anything. So yeah, I guess I, I guess I got I, I got away with one Tim. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, well, twenty years ago, I'd be saying how yeah, I had to set my VHS up to record uh, my adventures <laughs> with Superman because I wasn't home, but. <laughs> Not in the days of streaming. <laughs> yeah, so it's not Max anymore. It's uh, I mean, it's not HBO Max anymore. It's not it's HBO just, anymore. No, it's just, just Max. Max. Yeah. Pretty soon it's just going to be M. We're just going to be calling it M. <laughs> yeah. Pretty soon we're just going to be calling calling it Dot right? yeah. <laughs> instead of Max dot com. We're just going to calling it Dot. It's going to get shorter, shorter, and shorter. Yeah. Until we're just going to call it nothing. <laughs> Or no, pre- pretty soon it's not going to be, uh, you know, uh, Disney Plus and ESPN Plus or whatever it's called or ABC Plus or whatever. It's just going to be all one big thing, right? It's going to be triple plus, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's just going to be one big service. I mean, Disney's are talking about combining Disney Plus and Hulu maybe by the end of this year or so. That might be a thing, actually, kind of as soon as you think. Yeah, and then uh, uh, Disney's probably going to buy Warner Brothers, right? <laughs> it's going to be all one thing. Disney plus Warner Brothers plus Discovery plus ESPN. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, the streaming wars continue. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway. Yeah, so my adventures with Superman checked it out last night, and I really enjoyed it. Um, it was, like I said, just nice knowing to have like a new an- weekly animated Superman su- series again because it's been so long <laughs> since it was like a solo Superman series, not since Superman the animated series. I mean, there was a Legion of Superheroes not too long after, but I never really saw that one. But this one's just doing something different uh, with the Superman lore that uh, I really dug. Uh, like I said, the animation style is more anime inspired. It is. It's kind of funny that it's on Adult Swim because I think it is geared towards more of a younger audience because um, it is it's definitely has a lighter tone. There's a lo- some humor to it, but the character dynamics it's focusing on obviously Clark, Lois, and Jimmy. It's them kind of meeting each other for the first time. Well, Super- Clark and Jimmy kind of already had a friendship, but they meet Lois for the first time. And what I like what they're doing with this take on Superman, which is different, because they premiered the first two episodes. It was like a part one and a part two. And each episode began with uh, showing Clark as a young kid, first discovering his powers and then um, him learning where he came from. And I think it would kind of be cool if each episode begins that way, where we just get um, the opening sequence of each episode has a moment with uh, Clark as a young kid, kind of just him coping with his powers and just discovering new things. But um, they might not be doing that because the story, what's different about the Superman story in that second episode where he goes um jonathan and martha can't show him the spaceship or like this massive like metal object on the ground which is a spaceship but you just see the top of it it just looks like the floor (laughs) underneath uh, the ground of their farm and he gets once uh, an image of jor-el shows up and like these robot like these mechanical structures come surrounding him it just freaks him out where he he just tells his parents i never want to come back here again i just want to continue to be like a normal kid so uh, by the time we meet up with him in the present and he's um, going for his first day at the Daily Planet as an intern, he hasn't used his power. Like, he's not going to Metropolis to become Superman. He has no intentions 
on being Superman yet. Um, obviously, he's keeping his powers a secret, but kind of helps out here and there. You see him rescue a cat. Uh, you see him help certain people when they need it, but, but all doing it to where they're not noticing it, not noticing him. So it is something different where he's kind of he was just so freaked out at that moment as a kid of not wanting to learn where he came from, where that's not his motivation right at the start. And I said the one of the strongest aspects of the series is the dynamic between Clark, Lois, and Jimmy. Um, it's just a lot of fun seeing them just be interns at the Daily Planet trying to make a name for themselves. And they uh, try to break the story regarding this, uh, these stolen military robots. Um, and once they go to do that to investigate, things happen. The robots get activated. And then Clark has to save Jimmy and Lois but hide himself Um but not in a Superman costume. So he just like in this hoodie jacket, like these construction suits or uniforms they had there, fights off the robot in some cool action. Um, and that just kind of makes them realize, you know, because they got some blurry photos of him and they're trying to break the story of the Superman. Uh, Lois coins the phrase already. But then this makes them start to realize, you know, uh, I could be using these powers for good and helping people um, more than or more than I have been doing, which is very minimal. So in the second episode, we see him go back to the farm as an adult and just where he really discovers where he came from, from uh, being a Kryptonian, but still not fully kn knowing everything just yet. So I think the series is kind of slowly going to reveal Clark learning um, his heritage as a Kryptonian and why uh, he was sent to Earth. And it's they're doing something different where, and not that uh, Jor-El is speaking Kryptonian language, but just in the fact that there's no translator where like Clark is not understanding what Jor-El is telling him. So that's why he's not super clear on things yet. But um, he does get his suit from Jor-El. It's like, it's de that's definitely the biggest anime inspired moment where it's like the moment where he uh, gets his suit was things you see where different anime characters, like it's being compared to Sailor Moon a lot, <laughs> where how they transform into their superhero costumes. Um, and that's kind of been getting some flack online. It's like, come on, it's just, <laughs> they're doing something different. They're, it's, it's in the same tone that the series is setting for itself. So it wasn't a huge deal for me. But um, again, and I like the anime inspired designs and it made for uh, some cool action where he's actually in a Superman suit taking down uh, not only those robots, but it gets revealed that the person who was trying to steal him was actually Livewire. So seeing him uh, fight her was made for a cool action sequence. So uh, just a lot of just good stuff in this series where these two episodes laid down the foundation where I think could be a really just fun new take on Superman. Like I said, they're doing something different where um, he's not hasn't fully discovered his heritage and making the decisions to become Superman kind of later in life than than usual before he goes to Metropolis. So I'm um, interesting to see kind of how that develops for this version of Superman. And just kind of as we learn more of the lore in this take and see how different it's going to be. But for right now, I am enjoying this different take that they have for it. And again, it's just a lot of fun. The dynamic between uh, the three main characters, Clark, Lois, and Jimmy just made, uh, carried the show uh, well these, in these first two episodes and kind of setting the tone for what's this going to be. So it's, like I said, it's definitely geared more towards a younger audience. So, but I think it's a great way to bring in some younger fans into the Superman mythos with this take. It's a, uh, not something you have to worry about being too dark or too violent, but it has enough action uh, for like old school fans <laughs> for us who like enjoy stuff in Superman, the animated series. Some of those elements are there as well, too. So uh, just all the way around, I just think it's off to a great start uh, for having a new Superman animated series to look forward to every week. So, yeah, I'll be watching and I'll give these 
premiere episodes, uh, four out of five. I just really enjoyed the foundation that laid off and just combining the animation style that looked great, this new uh, take on the Superman mythos, and just the fun character dynamic between the, the three main heroes. So, yeah, I enjoyed it a lot. So hopefully it's something that uh, could be successful and, like I said, just bring in uh, or just be a gateway into Superman for a younger audience and just kind of paving the way for the eventual Superman movie that we're going to get with Superman Legacy, which uh, that's right, too. We didn't talk about this before, but um, how the Superman Legacy has been cast with uh, Clark and Lois with David Corinsweat. I hope I'm saying his name right. And Rachel Brosnan um, as Clark and Lois. And once again, these are two actors I am not familiar with, but that just makes me more excited to see them as our new Superman and Lois Lane. Uh, but they look like they're going to be great in it. And I just heard really good thing about uh, Rachel Brosnahan um, from people online just saying she's really good. And I'm not sure if you've seen them in anything, Dane. I know you're kind of, sometimes, but there's actors I'm not too familiar with. You've seen them in other stuff, but I'm not sure if that's the case with uh, for you with these two actors. But everyone I'm, I've am i seen online is saying that it's gonna, they're just going to be great in their roles. And it's just making me more excited to see this new take that James Gunn's going to give us for uh, Superman Legacy. So that was cool to learn too over the last couple of weeks. So just a lot to look forward to on the Superman horizon. I'm excited that my adventures with Superman's off to a great start and then just making our way towards uh, getting more news and first looks and announcements for Superman Legacy in two years. If it still makes its 2025 release date, we shall see what everything's going on with the writer's strike and then maybe an actor strike. So <laughs> that might get pushed back. But for right now, uh, we have it to look forward to in 2025. So some, hopefully some fun couple of years with Superman to look forward to. Uh, t- 2027. Yeah, you might, you might think, be right. <laughs> yeah, 2027. I think that's coming up. Uh, no, I, I, I haven't really seen um, uh, them in anything. Uh, again, li- like you, I've, I've heard that uh, Rachel Brosnahan is really, uh, really good actress, or she, uh, she, she having a show or something. Yeah, uh, she's. It's like a period piece I, show. I forget. Yeah, yeah, on Amazon, and I heard uh, that she was really good in it. So, yeah, it's uh, the the marvelous Miss Maisel, I think it's what it's called. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, hopefully she's a good uh, Lois. Hopefully she has more to do than uh, I forget the <laughs> Amy Adams the, the actress. Yeah, Amy Adams. So hopefully she has more to do in, in this new movie than she did. In, uh, the Batman vs Superman, Man of Steel movies, which I just rewatched. I rewatched uh, uh, Man of Steel. Okay. Uh, Did you actually Star rewatch Ryan Batman vs Superman too? No, no. I, I was gonna say that that would really surprise me <laughs> if you rewatched that. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I rewatched uh, Man of Steel, uh, Man of Steel, and it it has one of my favorite tropes in. Uh, the Superman lore, where it's like, okay, so let's just take Henry Cavill as an example, his Superman. So you're drinking in a bar, right, Tim? Mm-hmm. And he walks in. And then you're going to pick on him? <laughs> yeah. I mean, <laughs> that, you got to have a lot I mean, of guts to do not, that. <laughs> you're not picking on Henry Cavill. Let's put it that way. Powers or no powers. <laughs> yeah, powers or no powers. You're not going to take on Henry Cap. And the, I mean, I guess the guy gets his just just desserts. Right? Yeah. I, I love that scene because I love how Clark messes up. 
which is uh, this truck wrapped around a yeah. pole. <laughs> That's awesome. But then you got people just like looking for things. Like I see this online a few times. People just hate the movie. So, oh, and Superman should be ashamed of himself for doing it to that guy and messing up his truck. <laughs> it's like, uh, did you see what that guy was doing to that waitress? Yeah, <laughs> like, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> He wasn't an uh, upstanding citizen, it <laughs> seems like. <laughs> but I, I'm just wondering where where Smallville is in that movie. Because I know from the teaser, we get it, it almost looks like the Pacific Northwest, but then you have, you know, the, the standard, regular, uh, stereotypical clark household right uh in what seems like kansas so i'm guessing smallville is kansas it is yeah i mean they say it in the movie first okay. he wears he wears a royal shirt in the movies and then oh, he, he says that he says at the end like i grew up in kansas when he's talking to uh, the general swanson at the end uh, i see so he specifically said it's kansas yeah okay yeah it's, it's an all right movie I mean, it's, no, it's, it's, it's serviceable a as a Superman. It's a great. It's serviceable movie. as a Superman movie. Uh, it's only gotten it, better it, these last ten years. Yeah, it just sucks that. I mean, Henry Cavill is a good Superman. Oh, I'll great, say yeah. it. Um, it, it. It just sucks that he um, has given nothing to do after the man. Yeah, he should have gotten more solo movies <laughs> with yeah. him really diving into the role. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. They, they decided to jump too early on that Batman vs Superman. Oh, just, yeah. <laughs> just a little, yeah. But uh, it's all history now. We got upwards and onwards with Superman Legacy. Yeah, if it comes out, um... <laughs> it'll come out. I just don't know when. <laughs> it's fucking one in the two years. I don't know. Like, um, I'm, I'm, I'm just waiting for that tweet that James Gunn has been fired from DC because <laughs> he had a dis- creative differences from that's not gonna happen until after he makes this movie and then if that somehow bombs or whatever it doesn't do well then maybe then but i think he's at least gonna make one movie you're not actually writing a star wars movie well that's totally, different. Yeah. that's totally different yeah <laughs> uh, anyway yeah so i don't know unless you got anything else i think that's gonna do it for our second episode all right yeah that's it um let's see if we can get the outro right because we got some new stuff to yeah. say <laughs> yeah okay so uh follow us on twitter at echoing nerds right that's it yeah <laughs> okay uh you can follow tim on twitter at tim g311 you follow Start me on that. twitter <laughs> at, at dane says banana uh right interview us on apple podcasts or uh, Spotify or S- Stitcher. <laughs> I think that's going or away though. Other... I, I read something that that's like been bought or sold or, but it's not. That's doing someone, uh, whoever owns Stitcher is doing away with it. I read that not too long ago. So just as we got on there, <laughs> it might not be around. Uh, see, yeah. Yeah. Or Google podcasts or, uh, uh what else are we on? We're essentially much, on everything. Yeah, yeah, anything where you get your podcast now, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So uh, rate and review us on any of those. And is that it, Tim? Uh, our email address. Ah, uh, 
I can't remember what it was. <laughs> Echoing Nerds see, Podcast, I think it is. See, that's the good thing now with just having that unique name of the Echoing Nerds. You can just keep it really simple. Because I believe it's just echoingnerds at gmail.com. I don't uh, even think okay. there's a podcast to it. Well, yeah. Okay, so echoingnerds at gmail.com. Which uh, I want. I know it's been a while since we, like, for Batman's got any email. So I kind of want to yeah. encourage a lot more, like, listener interaction and discussion so if you guys want to chime in on anything what we talked about on this episode or any future geeky nerdy stuff to talk about on other episodes just send us an email at echoingnerds.com because we'd love to hear from you and i'll try to be more active on um social media on twitter too kind of it's been a little quiet on there now since we relaunched but hopefully now we can get back in on a regular schedule be more active on there too and just have more of a listener engagement than we did on the previous podcast because that's always fun and something yeah. i always enjoy doing so um appreciate that for uh, for those who do yeah we gotta sign up for like the the uh, these new um uh social media apps that are trying <laughs> to replace uh twitter it's like they the try to but it's, and, it never happened yeah. <laughs> they never build up a strong enough threads seems as like uh a lot of people subscribe to it, but I'm not sure how much it's being used right now. So we'll see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I've I've gone on it because I have an Instagram account, um, and uh, it's pretty much just Twitter. Um, yeah. <laughs> if, if Twitter goes down, or you know, there's more limitations to what you can see. <laughs> yeah, something so happens. Um, yeah anything like that then you know th- threads is a good a good uh alternative to good backup <laughs> yeah yeah but anyway you know. yeah uh like we say at the end of every single episode we love each and every one of you with all of our busy gaming hearts trying to finish zelda in final <laughs> fantasy 16 <laughs> <laughs> yeah i'm trying to finish it before october i, yes, think, I'm, I think i'll do it <laughs> <laughs> that's the goal uh, we'll, we'll see you guys next time. See you next time, everybody.